0: Get says, "Get that India, big boy." Call
1: an ambulance. Maybe call a priest. What a shot! What a shot! Campbell killer. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Tip Sheet podcast. As always, I'm your host John, also known as 4020. Joining me for another week of the NRL and Parramatta Reels through the 2022-2023 preseason are my good mate's 60s and Clint, who is back. And it's good to have him back. Fellas, how are we holding up on this rather stifling and sticky day?
0: Uh, Well, it is a stifling and sticky day. I took a little dip in the pool today, but I'm more concerned about
2: our good mate, Clint. Have you bounced back, mate? Are Are you ready to get stuck in? Well, for starters, I've got a voice. So um, that's always good when you're recording a podcast. Unfortunately, last <laughs> week I didn't. Um, but yes, I'm I'm uh, I'm absolutely on the mend and um, and ready to rip in, gents. But I, I must say that this is a, a an, an awful day to come back with this heat because if you boys are anything like me, I, I naturally run hot. I, I feel like I, I I know scientifically I don't, but uh, I feel like I run a lot hotter than other people. You know, but I'm, you you know when you extend your hand and you meet strangers or or, or you're or you out your day with your business dealings and you're like oh that person's got a cold hand, yeah I'm I'm that guy with the oh he's got the warm hand he, he's running hot and the second it gets a couple degrees hotter I'm struggling again so it's you know although I got my voice back I kind of feel like I'm 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 back where I was with the sweats last week
1: yeah I'm I'm a husky in winter I'm I'm fine but when it comes to summer. It's the uh, reverse. The Yeah, it's, it's, it's a struggle, isn't especially it? Especially <laughs> once the humidity starts to climb up past, you know, 40%, 50% and starts getting to that real tropical sticky. Uh, yeah, so oh, it's yeah. Uh, not not good.
0: Now, fellas, before we do our usual shout-outs, can I do a special shout-out to some of our listeners? As you know, we get some amazing listener numbers to the tip sheet. It, it absolutely blows our minds that... We have so many people that want to listen to us jabber on about the Parramatta Reels and Rugby League in general. But we are so appreciative of it. And I just wanted to shout out to uh, Ron over in America, Rocky up in Queensland, and Andrew down in Victoria. Those fellas have recently been sharing their Spotify stats, which have the tip sheet featuring right up there in their... Top listening podcasts for the year, and even to the extent where Andrew sits in our top two percent of listeners would get this almost sixty three hundred minutes of listening to the tip sheet in twenty twenty three. Now that's an amazing stat. Incredible. But what's even more amazing? What's even more amazing is that
2: those numbers don't have him sitting in the top 1%. I'm disregarding that stat, Sixties, because that commitment deserves to be top 1% in my book. So, you know, it's, it's not often that we just ignore the stat line here, but on this occasion we are because that is that is some amazing, amazing um, listening, Andrew. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's.
0: I, I've had the pleasure of meeting Andrew. He made the trip up from Victoria to watch training, one day up at Kellyville and we stood, uh, we got permission to go and stand on the veranda at the Eels uh, uh, centre up there at Eels HQ at Kellyville and we stood there in the uh, it was pouring rain that particular day so he brought the Melbourne weather up with him (laughs) Uh, uh, we stood there and watched the training in the pouring rain but uh, mate, we really appreciate your support and it's you know, it's very humbling for us as podcasters, with a, a niche podcast when you when you're talking about things in general that are out there and we're talking about the Parramatta Reels. to get the sort of listening numbers that we get, it as I said, it's just mind blowing for us. And thank you to all of our listeners, every one of you, because you give us that encouragement to turn up every week and to get these podcasts out there for you. So, yeah, thanks again.
1: And while we're doing shout-outs, as always, a quick shout-out to the sponsors of the show, Big Swing Golf, North Mead, and Star Partners Real Estate, Auburn, Nerewan, and Parramatta. Fantastic partners for the tip sheet.
2: News team, assist.
0: now fellas there's a whole lot of eels news that i want to go through but there's a part of me that almost feels like i want to charge through it to get to what intermission music 40 has lined up for us this week so don't 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 forget about that listeners we've got 40's next pick for intermission music coming up after we get through the eels news but i want to kick things off By giving a shout out to a fella who is, well, he's he's one of the most respected men, if not the most respected man in the Parramatta Junior Rugby League. He's retiring after spending 43 years in the Parramatta District Junior Rugby League. All sorts of committee positions. He's been the secretary, the assistant secretary. He's been on the board of management. But what can you say about a bloke who let's put this in perspective, his time with the Parramatta Junior Rugby League started before the Eels won their first premiership. Wow. Started in 1980. So we'll we'll put that into perspective. He's seen a lot of changes in his time, but that man is Barry Guy. Uh, I Had the honor of interviewing him on behalf of the Parramatta Junior Rugby League last Thursday up at Kellyville. That the video of that interview is being given to Barry as a thank you and a tribute to him. They're going to be showing that particular video at their AGM. Uh, It will be passed on to TCT so that we can put it up. On our YouTube channel as well I think you'll probably find it'll be on the Parramatta Junior Rugby League socials as well their Facebook page, uh, their Instagram page but yes Barry uh, a lifetime of dedication to the eels and how's this? he didn't he doesn't have just one life membership with the club. he actually has two. He received a life membership back in 1996 with the Junior Rugby League. He was then given a life membership with the seniors, with the Parramatta National Rugby League, I think presented to him by Dennis Fitzgerald in 2007. Now that's quite the achievement to get two uh, life memberships with the club. It gives an indication of the esteem uh, to which he is held. Um, He was a... I I thoroughly enjoyed uh, meeting Barry. I hadn't met him before uh, before last week. We had a bit of a chat on the phone before we met in person to do the interview. Uh, He's a very humble man. He didn't want to talk about things in terms of, like, personal achievements. It was, uh, yeah, as I said, very humble. And another thing, too, the, the bloke in more recent years has been traveling down from up near Newcastle, up from around Swansea, traveling down to wow. fulfill duties. So uh, he just loves the club. Um, very emotional talking about getting life memberships. So, yeah, special shout out to Barry Guy. Uh, thanks for everything you've done for the club, Barry. And, uh, yeah, people should have a bit of a lookout for uh, the video just the tribute to him and um, just Barry in his own words speaking about his time in the juniors. Uh, fellas, what did you think of the footage of the eels in the sand hills training last Friday? John?
1: Uh, I've done the Wanda Sand Dunes once and yeah, that was enough for my lifetime. So uh, <laughs> I, that that resonated with me uh, and I can only imagine how much harder they would have been driven. Um, on top of the fact they were doing skills work on the dunes after, uh, yeah. So really good work from the media team, and obviously the boys were digging in real deep on Friday. Uh, and it, it's always good to see that kind of footage, and it's a reminder of uh, as much as we complain about how these guys perform. Sometimes they definitely put it in the hard yards.
0: John, I want to know what was the context of you doing the sand hills?
1: My uh, cousin wanted to go to Cronulla one day uh out that way and it's like oh like, while, while we're here why don't, we, why, don't, why don't we run the sand dunes a few times and yeah did it a few times and I, I can't say i ran all of it uh but you know you like with the boys when you see them starting into the steeper parts you're essentially just like crawling up the hill at times um, hang
0: on hang on i i just want to get this straight you ran the sand dunes there on a whim
1: on yeah, a whim on a whim Bordy. yeah yeah my my cousin was real big into fitness at that time, so uh, dragged me along and and whatnot, and yeah, uh, did did, a, did a few did a few laps of him, and yeah, I can I can knock that one off the bucket list, I suppose, but yeah, they, they would have done it at a much higher level, uh, and it is unforgiving.
0: Uh, Clint, can you match any of John's insanity
2: there? Yeah, I have also done the uh, Wonder Sandune Sand Hills and. Um, I can echo his sentiments. That is far, far from pleasant. Um, <laughs> particularly when you're, um, you're you know, for our listeners out there, I'm 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 quite pale in complexion, so <laughs> the sun is rather unforgiving. On you're getting blasted on both time. sides from
1: behind and and, oh, and on the reflection yeah. from the sand. Yeah, yeah and
2: then you know like your skin's glistening from all the sweat as well, so you just become refracting um, the beams everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So you, you 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 you' can feel yourself going red from all the energy that you're exhausting and and um and then that redness stays with you for another three, four days if you battle sunstroke. So <laughs> Well well it's, look, not, it's not fun. I I do have
0: I do have my own experience to share. It's not quite like that. But Out of curiosity, when I was about 20, maybe 21, I decided to walk along the beach from the north entrance to Soldier's Beach. Now, I had no concept (laughs) of of what that distance would be like on sand, um, let alone on sand that obviously uh, when you're trying to look for the hard sand, once you get sick of walking in the soft sand and you're looking for the hard sand to walk on, is angled to you know at, at, at probably about 30 degrees so by the time that I the hours had passed that it took to walk that distance I think my hip was out of alignment from the um, <laughs> from the uneven surface that I was walking on but yeah that was in much younger years and I will say that I regretted it uh, once I was about an hour into the walk and realized this was going to take a lot longer than one hour of walking. So, um, yeah, but I can't imagine what what those players were put through. Fellas, the feedback that I've had has been nothing but positive. It's the squad as a whole, though. the staff were really pleased with how they went. Uh, As always, as has been the case this pre-season, the Pathways players continue to kick goals, continue to get noticed. For all the right reasons, so they're going ultra strong in this preseason. Did you also notice that the footage captured BA and the staff mm-hmm. running yep. in the hills as
2: well?
1: Yeah, no surprises yep. there.
2: No and, no, and 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 what's fantastic is um, as of tomorrow, we're going to get um, a, a proper look at, at that weekend. Um, and 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 or actually, no. Correct me if I'm, I'm I'm right here, gents. I'm not so sure if the Wanda. Sandhills are included in it, but we're getting a documentary dropping tomorrow night. about Correct. a fifteen minute long documentary that shows yes. our um, shows some of the pre season training. So we'll get a, an even closer look at um, some of the efforts the boys have been putting in.
0: Yeah, that's actually from the previous week.
2: The previous so, week.
0: Yeah, so they've had a they had a change up of their schedule for the last two weeks, and it's involved uh, the last session of the week. Being at different locations, and uh, obviously we saw the sandhills for this Friday just gone. The previous week, I don't, it wasn't the Friday. I believe it was the Thursday. They were out on location elsewhere. I know where it was. I'm not. I'm not going to give that away before the um, the media on it drops because it's the media has been it, it, the session was kept um, quite hush hush. There hasn't been anything that's been put out about it. Um, I'd much rather people see it when it drops, but what you're going to see is certainly a a lot of different challenges that they put to them as part of a a preseason session. Um, The sort of stuff that's going to be great for bonding, uh, for a group that's looking to bounce back next season with uh, much better team performances... Yeah, I, I think it was. Uh, well, the feedback that I've had was that it was an extremely valuable experience for them, and I'm look like yourselves. I'm looking forward to seeing it because I've only had a little bit of feedback. I haven't had any any strong details on what was involved. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing the footage as well. The other thing too, just on the uh, Wanda Sandhills was. On Friday afternoon, I was at Parramatta Leagues Club. There was a special Movember event that was held mid-afternoon. And one of the guests there was Sean Lane. Now, he'd been out there running the sand dunes in the morning. And then mid-afternoon, there he is as a guest speaker at Parramatta Leagues Club uh, talking about men's health. Uh, He was joined by uh, Tim Manor. And Dave Gower, there there was a um, a panel discussion hosted by Simone from the Be Unstoppable Foundation. It was the it it was used as the culmination for the Movember fundraising done by the Parramatta Leagues Club Mo Growing Team. Uh, The end of the session, we learned that there was about fifty eight hundred dollars that was raised by those growing their moustaches in the Parramatta Leagues Club moustache growing team. And then the Leagues Club doubled that to take it to $11,600 that was being donated to Movember and and Men's Health. But, fellas, the, the stories, the anecdotes... Uh, the experiences that were being shared by Sean Lane, Tim Manner, and David Gower I thought it was exceptional the the presentation, how candid these fellas were and it wasn't it wasn't talking about just just struggles with mental health because you know one of the things about mental health is also to concentrate on the positive positive. and so the fellas were not just. Sharing about um, you know how, the importance of mental health, but some of the strategies that they've been educated about over the years, the sort of people that are in their support network, and uh, Sean Lane, ever ever articulate, ever intelligent, he was talking about his studies that he's been doing on. Uh, positive psychology, and uh, look, I thought it was a great event. It was well attended at the club, and um, yeah, I, I'm I'm looking forward to um, Sean Lane's documentary that he's going to be putting out. I think it's early in the new year, isn't it? On um, on um, positive mental health and 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 mental health it, um, for that athletes around the world. Um, some of the issues that they have to deal with, so. Um, yeah, it was a big afternoon at Parramatta Leagues Club and and good on Sean Lane for fronting up after such an exhausting morning. Yeah, big effort. Uh, uh, Clint, just a little bit of information about uh, another thing then on Saturday morning with the
2: uh, uh, Pathways players. Yeah, the junior reps had a massive day out at uh, Parramatta Marist where they did uh, an all-day training session, an uh, information session for parents. So it's uh, sort of part of the induction process for those boys that have been selected in Harold Matt's SG ball um, for 2024. Um, so they had their all-in big session there on, on the Saturday. And um, you know, uh, the, 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 I, I guess this is sort of like the, um, the big preparation of ahead of the season before Christmas – as they roll into the new year, because they go straight into trials in the season after that. So, um, yeah, no, it was um, good to have our 2024 uh, junior rep um, players and squads, uh, I guess, brought up to speed in the Parramatta way, if you want to call it as such. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Dave Gower there running the
0: uh, information session there for the parents. Uh, The facilities, of course, at uh, Maris Brothers over there at Westmead includes a very big uh, auditorium, so it can accommodate a large number of parents. Obviously, when you're talking about uh, the uh, junior representative squads, so they're large squads at this stage, you'd have lots of uh, parents, but also other family members and friends that would be there as well, just to get some of the information there about what's happening uh for them and and obviously the talk that's there about having that balance between football and studies and home life and and that sort of thing so uh and that's where Dave Gower as uh head of the welfare and education at Parramatta uh, has uh such an important role that he has to play so it was a uh, you know twofold process there they've got a They've got the big training session that they had there. So you had the SG Ball, Harold Matz, Tasha Gale, all there uh, at that venue. And uh, whilst they're out there training, you've also got the parents involved in their information session. So congratulations on the club on what would have been a very big event to organize there. That then rolled into as, uh, uh, as, far as our news is concerned the bga christmas drinks at uh the royal oak hotel in Parramatta. now unfortunately the original royal oak which was a famous watering hole for eels players and indeed for indeed also eels supporters is no longer with us it was demolished to make way for the light rail that's a whole other issue seeing so the light rail is i don't got no idea when that's going to start but may 24
2: uh, may 24
0: uh, well let's hope it then sticks to that but it's um it was demolished as part of that uh, maybe there can be an argument that they didn't have to demolish the pub but they did uh there's now a new royal oak which is across the road in a new premises and that's where the bga held their christmas party uh, Billy Richards in the committee, they, they do a great job. They really do, fellas, bringing um, all of the former players and staff, the graded players and staff, together for different events during the year. You've got the Ted Salkowitz Memorial Golf Day. You've got the annual players reunion, uh, which has, the last couple of years has been a reunion weekend. You've also got uh, the Christmas drinks, and um, I'm not sure what whether they're planning something else that will be big on the calendar, but uh, they're certainly three of the main events that they have during the season. What was remarkable about this one was we had a group of players from the Brad Arthur era part of the reunion oh, this wow. week. So... A uh, number of players there. Um, the notables, uh, Corey Norman was there. Uh, we had Dave Gower, of course, Isaac DeGoys, Brad Takarangi, uh, Andy Davey, the m- most recent uh, player there, Kaiser Pritchard, uh, CSA Avave. Um, who else do we have? Um, I'm going to, oh, oh, Timmy Manor, of course. Uh, was there? Uh, oh, my apologies if I'm uh, missing out anyone else that was uh, there from the uh, BAE. Oh, yes, Nathan Brown. Nathan Brown also oh, made wow. an appearance. Um, so he got there. He got there a little bit later, but I thought that was great to see uh, Nathan there. Um, Daniel Alvaro shouldn't have forgotten Daniel at all. So, um, yeah, Daniel was there. So it was good to see that. Daniel mo- most recently was, um, he was playing over in France. But he's now returned. Uh, same as Corey Norman. Corey Norman, I think, was playing over in France as well. So it was good to see all those fellas there. They certainly enjoyed themselves. Every time there was someone new walking through the door, you'd hear the uh, raucous cheer for them uh, as they arrived. Uh, and, of course, there was the... Um, uh, other players from the, the 60s, the 70s, the 80s that were represented there. So, uh, yeah, good uh, good gathering. Um, and you know what? I think it's really important to get as many of the the players, not just from the BA era, but also I'd like to see some more, say, from the Brian Smith era get along because the, the players who are the more recently retired, even if we're going back over a decade, the players that are more recently retired, they're going to be the future of the BGA. They're the area where the BGA is going to grow. Uh, and and I guess they'll be the ones that'll help to promote it to more and more footballers. So um, it was a good event. It was great. I thought it was the best um, that... I've attended in terms of the Christmas drinks and I guess the other thing is stand by for the reunion next year because Billy and the BGA committee are aiming to have the big back to para day next year. I believe the reunion is going to be around round round six real early in this season. They're trying to get as many former players and officials as they possibly can so that well, the goal is to get everyone, every former play, graded player and official. That would be quite a feat. And I don't know where they'd accommodate them. But the, it is, that is the goal. So we'll see how that goes. Um, let's round off the Eels news, John. Um, a young signing for the Eels Pathways, we have to assume, who's got an NFL background.
1: Yeah, reports today that the Eels have uh, offered a contract to young Jai Camilleri, uh, who's a Queenslander, who most recently uh, earned selection for the Australian Merit Team in the National Schoolboy Gridiron Championships. So this is the Australian version of American football, and he's obviously done very well there. Uh, Jai plays on both, as as you'll want to do when you're playing in these levels. You play both sides of the ball, whereas when you make the NFL, you pick a side and specialise, but... He played running back on the offensive side and linebacker on the defensive side, which is the natural pairing uh, when you're playing both sides of the football. Um, and yeah, he's picked up a contract with the Parramatta Reels to play SG Ball and potentially Jersey Flag. And uh, he projects, or I believe he plays, as a dummy half when, he, when he's playing the 13 uh, Tennis side code. So he'll come into Parramatta's systems as a hooker um, and probably uh, a run-dominant dummy half, you have to think, given that he's a running back in American football.
0: Yeah, I wonder when he's he'll be joining the program then.
1: Uh he—I think he's made the move to Sydney, so I imagine he'll be in the program for this coming season.
0: Okay, uh, so if he's,
1: he's, 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 he's finished school and he's moved to Sydney, I believe so. He'll be—I assume he'll be part of the program for season twenty
0: twenty four. Yeah, I'm. I'm just wondering whether he's he's part of the preseason already. If it's if it's progressed that far, and like this is slightly older news. Uh, in terms of the announcement and whether he's already part of the preseason for the uh, for SG Ball, They've, they'll have a, they'll be having a trial. They usually have a trial before Christmas mm-hmm. and then a couple of trials in January. We'll have to chase up and see whether he's been part of the training at this stage. I might throw that bit of research Clint's way. I reckon Clint, you might be good for trying to find out something like that or. Um, Uh, If not, I'll try and do a bit of digging around as well.
2: You're getting the the magnifying nice house as we
0: speak. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, fellas. Well, that brings us to the end of our Eels news. And as we head into the NRL news, you know what to do, Forty.
1: I will give you twenty dollars if you can guess where that's from.
0: <laughs> Gee, I. I, Quint, no, Quint I might, have
1: Quint might have an outside chance of getting in the ballpark.
0: I I would suggest that I have no chance, even though I was going looking
2: for a glow stick. <laughs> <to> start dancing. <laughs> oh, I, I don't want to say. Oh, I don't want to be disingenuous and and try and suggest that I know it. But the tune sounds vaguely familiar at yeah, the same it, time. It,
1: it would. It would. Ah.
2: Um, oh. Jeez, this could this could be this could be anything from uh, a game show or from a video game. To... Oh,
1: he's he's getting warm. I like it. I like it.
2: Uh, is this is it's this from... from something from Jackbox?
1: No. If you can name, I'll say no to that. If you can name the console that it comes from, I'll shout you a drink next time we catch up.
2: Um. I'm going to say oh, console, okay? Well, that rules out PC and I know that John's a PC man. So, um I'm going to say Nintendo 64. Oh,
1: one generation too far. Uh, Super Dad. Nintendo. This is the Mario Paint uh music. So Oh, of course. Yeah, there's a whole a whole raft of classic sort of uh was it 8-bit or 16-bit uh, tunes from that era that are uh, actually surprisingly good music. But uh, yeah, Mario Paint. You
2: know, I almost said that it, like, it, it could have been um, uh, like Italian uh, puppets. <laughs> <laughs> and then you paused and I was like, oh, okay, well, it's clearly nothing to do with that.
0: <laughs> oh, I I am speechless. I am without speech. <laughs>
1: And that's, okay. not, that, that's not even weird on the backlog of stuff I've got for this, so get ready. <laughs> we'll, we'll be uh, going genuinely multicultural soon.
0: <laughs> I'm sure we're going to get to the point where there's going to be people putting in requests for intermission music, John. <laughs> uh, that, such is the work that you're doing. The, the main talk each week is going to be about what will the TCT intermission, music, sheet, be. intermission right. music be. Mm-hmm. This week, I'm, yeah. I'm half
2: waiting for you to whip out the Barney Gumble when Ooh. he does the um
0: the, 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 the
1: tape
2: with Yoko as a little as a little nod to 60s.
0: Oh, I think there's going to be a surge in top listeners in 2024, and we'll we be, continue. We'll this will trending on Twitter at this right? or X, whatever it is these days. Okay, fellas, NRL news, John. Can you talk to me about the term staff writers <laughs> that seems to be the <laughs> for organizations?
1: I mean, it's a nebulous term that I feel like incorporates a lot of interns and either unpaid or lowly paid people that just have to churn out the content uh, for whatever given network or uh, company they're working for. And unfortunately, uh, with the slipping editorial standards and the fact that these people are either pumping out content or chat GPT content out. You get some pretty funny uh, slip-ups.
0: Yeah, although I'm not sure that uh, Dane Laurie is necessarily laughing about a slip-up with this most recent one where the photo of one Dane Laurie, (laughs) the wrong Dane Laurie, (laughs) was used to accompany the story about the other Dane Laurie spending time uh, incarcerated for and a And
1: given who he's employed with, they're just as liable to fire him, taking that as facts as presented. So, mm. <laughs> you know, poor guy.
0: Oh, it's... It, There's there obviously quite a furor on social media as a result of this. There's um, NRL, former NRL players aren't happy about it. If you were the Dane Laurie that was wrongly um, pictured, you'd certainly be looking at getting some form of financial retribution for what has transpired there. Even even though I believe it was corrected later, it's still. Do you know what, Clint? I don't know about you, but I wonder what is the motivation of journalists writing about. The game that provides them with an income, it's their living. They make a living reporting on the game, but they have the motivation to churn out an article like this, which in reality is bringing up past indiscretions. It's not not like a topical issue right now. It's... It's dragging out the past again, and all these people. Why? I mean, look, I I think I can guess
2: the why they do it, but really, why would you? Well, it's 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 easy content, unfortunately, and it's straight out of the Daily Mail um, playbook. And you know, we we kind of circle back to um, what uh, Forty was talking about there in relation to staff writers. You know that nebulous term for for faceless interns slash um, up and coming staff members who are trying to establish themselves as journalists. These are the these are the tasks and duties that hit their desk. And you know I, I don't point the blame at at, at those people. You know they're, they're kids just trying to get a start in in journalism and and they're following the direction of more senior journalists and and editors who should know better. And when we're talking about um, the the the, um, the fact that you know um, the, the game gives them a job as well, you think that they would be the biggest advocates and the biggest supporters. Now that doesn't mean that they shouldn't critique things or ignore things that have happened. But there's no um, inciting incident to bring this up. This is just something that's been unorganically mm. um, brought up for the sake of well, we need to fill some space during the off-season. There's nothing, no real news breaking. It's like, well, you know what? Why don't you get out of your seat, out of, um, out, out of the office and down to any number of the team's uh, pre-season, um, um, training and, and try and grab a yarn with someone? You know, the, uh, I get that it's not as polarizing and it's not going to get as many clicks be, um, because it, it, it is classic clickbait in, in, in the truest sense of the form. Um, but I tell you what, you maintain your dignity as, as as a writer, and you go a long way to establishing respect with the audience. I get that your stats tell you that people do supposedly want to uh, read about this, but it's the shock factor that's making them click. They're not hanging around to um, in, engage with the information because they're, oh, well, that sure is uh, awesome that um, you could make a prison 13 or whatever. No. You know, um, and 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 I think I think we're well within our rights as as supporters of not only our team but the game to be um, holding our journalists to a higher standard. The best way that we can do that, and I I hope that our our listeners take this as a, um, a as a bit of direction, is do the classic just don't look, don't click on it. You see something like that, do not encourage it by clicking on it. And Clint, you you really. Uh,
0: what you said resonated about get out there and and talk to players and and find some stories to write about that are genuine They're stories. They're that, out there. That look, we put up the um, put out the training reports as often as I can get them out there, and the people in you know our readers enjoy those. You you know we get thousands of reads on each one of those training reports. And I have no access, no access to getting comments from the players. All right. It's, it's not part of
2: what you've done. is shown the blueprint for these journalists that all they have to do is get off of their seat and in the car. Yeah. It's it's original
0: content. Yeah. Yeah. It's original content. It's observations, and it, but in contrast to what we can produce on the Cumberland Throw, the journalists get access to the players. They get far better access to the players. And you know, anyone that's tried to go through and getting NRL accreditation... Um,
2: it's a process.
0: It, it's, it's, look, it's a process and a half. Yeah, uh, Luke, I've tried... I, I gave it my best shot. It's um, it. It just look. It is what it is in terms of the access that we don't get. Um, but it, it it hasn't stopped us from producing content that is original and is based on what we see and and what we get told as well. And and obviously what we get told. There's plenty that we don't report on as well. It's a, it's a fine line that we work. It's a bit of a juggling act. We like to think what it allows us to do is we're able to write from a place of knowledge without crossing any lines. Yes, yeah, without giving the farm away. Yeah, so it's very disappointing to see this from those that make a living out of rugby league. We, as you said... you you do expect that they're not going to cover up, um, you know, big stories that they will report on it, even if they're negative. However, come on, they could do better with this. And staff writers, that term staff writers, that's no better than just putting anonymous. They could literally put anonymous on that. get out of jail free card. Yeah, and it would be just as accurate. And and I guess the only thing where they can say – well it's not really anonymous is that if something is printed that is libelous that then the media organization can be held accountable for doing it because they've published it the editors editors approved it um, you know it's gone through an approval process with that photo that erroneous photo in there which is you know that that calls the process into into question as well but yeah I mean we all we all go crook about the fact that online there's a whole lot of anonymous trolls that make life difficult for players or officials or um, even journalists, right? Get stuck in a journalist and they have every right to complain about people who are anonymous keyboard warriors. All right. But staff writers, that's, that's as good as saying anonymous as far as I'm concerned. Okay. John, um, for feeder, a pectoral injury, not a complete tear, a partial tear. How long is he going to be out for?
1: Well, once upon a time, the torn pec was a pretty serious injury, or sort of up there in you know relative terms to an ACL. But it feels like the mm. the uh, jumps they've made, especially when it's not a complete tear, uh, mean that it's uh, far from the death sentence it was for a season uh, that it once was. So uh, he's projected the return for the round one. So he'll uh, rehab through the preseason. Obviously, he's going to be a bit underdone as a result. But the the Titans do haven't projected the return for the start of the twenty twenty four season.
0: Is um, Maca he got the same projection because yeah. he has a yes, uh, the pectoral
1: injury the, as well. the club's injury last injury update had him returning for round one, I believe, uh, if I recall correctly. I'll, I'll have a scout around to try and find it, but I'm pretty certain that the injury update did have him slated. Uh, here it is. Oh, uh, where is Makatoa? Makatoa, expect to return 2024 so that's a, that's yeah. a, that, that's mean that's a 12 month slate, but he's got the same <laughs> desi- broad, he's got the broad same the same designation as Dejan Wittermu Quint uh and Junior uh, and obviously Arthur Miller Steven unfortunately well he's back in 2025 so uh, I would have Makahesi Makatoa as a, a not that he necessarily is in the round 1 team on uh you know depth chart standings, but he'd be available for selection in round one, whether it's NRL or cup.
0: Yeah. And seeing as though you've just mentioned as well, a bit of a shout out there to Artie. Artie, I hope the rehab goes well, you, that you're on track um, and that we get to see you running around again in 2025. Uh, it was really bad luck to have such an injury at the end of uh, this season. Um, yeah, let's, let's hope we see you back where you were shining for the Eels out the back and on the wing uh, in 2025. So And a shout-out to your family as well, who I know are listeners to the podcast, Ardy. So, um, yeah, keep going. Keep slogging away, mate. We're thinking of you. John, while I've got you there on the injuries, you were monitoring this before, Carl Alawapu, Still no decision on what he's going to do.
1: Yeah, it's a very, uh, I suppose, tense, I suppose, now, as a situation for the Bulldogs and Owapu. Um, he's got the uh, neck injury sustained late in the season 2023. Uh, and what was initially proposed to be a sort of year off maybe or half a year off into re- rehabilitating, now we're not really sure where his future lies. And um, there was some uh, gossip column work from the DT talking about a standoff between a young player and the club about trying to medically retire, uh, and there's a couple of players that fit that bill. it um, was one of them, I think. Jack Howell for the Melbourne Storm might be another. Um, so there, there might be a little bit more tension here than we see on the surface, boys. Uh, with a you know a young player that had a lot of hype coming from the Brisbane Broncos down to the Canterbury Bulldogs, picking up that unfortunate neck injury, and now one camp wants him to you know push through long t- and you know save his career long term, the player, and potentially the other side want him to medically retire.
0: Um Clint, do you think the Bulldogs would have had higher hopes for where uh, Carl Olawapu, uh, where he got to in, in 2023? Um, I mean, do you think he failed to live up to the hype or was the hype unreasonable
2: and unfair on such a young player? Oh, definitely the latter. Definitely the hype was unreasonable and unfair on such a player. The The, the, the Bulldogs, and I've said this a number of times this year, they are slinging as much recruitment um uh, of, of as many uh, places as they can possibly recruit against the wall and hoping that something sticks and you know the, uh that there's plenty of hail Marys that are being thrown and, and you know you you do that with with some young halves and you throw them out there in, in into um into the deep end and go and hope that they will um they will shine and and that, and, and that they they might be the silver bullet for your problems unfortunately for canterbury there's um a, a little bit uh, more to it than just um, just the halves there, and you know I think it's unreasonable if, if anyone had the expectation, regardless of what they paid, like they paid what they paid um, in terms of a um, a transfer fee, and then and then subsequently starting them on a long term deal there. But um, if you had the expectation that he was going to come in there and suddenly make them a top eight team or a top four team, well, you know I've got some news about the sport of rugby league for you. Um, you know this is this is a tale as old as time, so. It's um, it'd be completely unfair to have those expectations. Um, so no, you know, like a, any young kid coming into grade, regardless of their pedigree, um, should not be viewed through that lens because, you know, as as, as we know here, it, it it takes somewhere between fifty to hundred NRL games to really find a standing um as as of um as as either a forward or or even more so as a as a spine player. I will exclude fullback and probably the outside backs that um from that um that discussion point because they normally have the opportunity to sign by virtue of the the work of the team around them in a strong team in in those positions but a half or a forward who's trying to establish themselves as a um either the main playmaker or the uh the alpha for forward uh the leader of the pack if you want to call them as such um it takes some time to establish yourself so I don't think, regardless of your pedigree, that anyone should be viewed through that lens. Um, But what the Bulldogs do have at the moment now is um, a sticky situation with a player who we don't know if he'll come back or not, and who's on big money. And they've got a vested interest in trying to free up as much money as possible because they're interested in the pursuit of both Jerome Luley and Adam Fenua Blake. And that's ultimately what it comes down to that there might be that internal push from there because they want to utilize this they want to free up whatever funds he's on um, whatever he's on against the cap and utilize that to strengthen their squad
0: well the next furor could happen at the West Tigers because we've had Adam Dwahi get into a little bit of strife now we're not gonna we're not going to dive into what he said or the issues that he's he's got himself involved in there however apparently it's now under investigation by the west tigers and they're going to decide what they need to do with what he's done i think anytime you're talking about looking into a player and that player just happens to be suffering from a long-term injury and has a history of long-term injuries and the club has a history of parting ways with people, you wonder where it's heading. John, anything you want to throw in there?
1: I mean, we, we've we seen a similar issue play out uh, the, other, the other year with the Manly Seven um, and it's pretty clear that uh, across the rugby league landscape, there's a pretty heavy dose of conservative value when it comes to those matters. Um, what I'd say to players like Adam is, like, why, why do you feel the need to go on social media and talk about it? Like, it, it is one thing to have those beliefs, whether you, you know, you you are aligned with them or not. And I'd say most people aren't these days. But the fact that you have to go out and comment on them just you know, you're, you're literally making yourself a target. It is just stupid. So he, he's what? going to reap what he sowed, and whatever that means. Uh, like on the on the rugby league drama scale, it is a solid one out of ten. But yeah. uh, yeah. uh, it, it's it is being driven pretty hard by the media right now. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, what sort of fallout we see from it.
0: Yeah, and and again, this is, I guess, a media that's dealing with a pretty quiet. Off season slash preseason mm-hmm. so far, and and looking for something to write about as we as we saw before, where they have to dig up the past to put out something controversial. Now they're, as you said, making something that's a one and trying to drive it into a a seven and eight or a nine on the on the scale of uh, troubles. So, uh, but we might just leave that one there. Uh, finally, the pursuit for Aden Fanua Blake has grown just a little bit more. What's happening there, John?
1: Yeah, Cronulla Sharks—the most recent club linked to him now—and um, again, it, it, it's hard to see how the finances work, given that Cronulla just locked up a whole ton of talent. Uh, but they—they they tend to run their, their shit pretty tightly, so. If the Bulldogs, you know, can be in the hunt for Fenella Blake, why can't the Sharks? Um, and, you know, they've got a number of senior forwards probably headlined by uh, Dale Finucane who will eventually free up some space in the top 30 uh, when they wind down their careers, which will probably coincide with getting Fenella Blake. But, yeah, it's, it's interesting because uh, Adam's a bit older than I thought. He's turning 30, I think. He's been around for a while, so you know, you, a lot of clubs going all in, we're talking, you know, seven seven figures a season now, a million dollars a year for who, a player who is very talented, but, you know, he, he is in his peak and trending downwards, you'd have to argue based on what we know of props.
0: And also, correct me if I'm wrong here, John, originally in Parramatta's pathway system? Yeah,
1: it was um, in the Eels pathway system until he was 15 years old, I believe, and Uh, some ill-discipline away from the field, saw him part ways with the club. He went to the Dragons, I believe, Uh, was a star on their Jersey flag or equivalent program, it was the NYC back then, Uh, and then got uh, um, tossed out for some domestic violence stuff, I believe, got given a lifeline by Manly, and that's when he um, started to make his name as a player. And, you know, to his credit, I don't think he's been linked to any other issues since then, Uh, but, uh, well, aside from getting away from Sydney for... uh, uh, to get away from a unsavoury crowd was the excuse used to get to the Warriors, if I recall correctly. Uh, so he he hasn't been, uh, you know, on the wrong path since, but he was a paramount a prospect that the club probably made the right decision on in terms of culture uh, at the time.
0: And um, if you had to, Clint, make a prediction as to where AFB will find himself in 2025 and we're going to assume that he will play out the season in 24 with the Warriors
2: what would be your tip for 25 Clint? I'd be very surprised if he doesn't end up at the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs they're the ones with the means and um, uh, real desire for that alpha male uh, forward leader and now I know they've got to do a bit of a balancing of the books but Gus generally finds a way when he wants his man yeah it's we just
0: have the feeling that uh that the canine sombrero is <laughs> going to do some fine work again uh and just before we go fellas i think there was a bit of a an article recently that listed some rugby union prospects that the waratahs were putting into development squads and were going to be basing their future on. And there were some Eels players, Eels Junior Pathways players listed in that. My mail is that those Eels Junior Pathways players who were on that list are tied to contracts till uh, around 2025 with the Eels. So I think there might have been some concern from fans reading that, thinking that it was more young players lost by the Eels, but uh, I believe that they are under contract for at least a couple more years. So that might be a case of Rugby Union spruiking itself and not being entirely accurate in doing so. Okay. Well, I think that I think that just about wraps things up. Any, any uh, late-breaking news at all, John, that's uh, Do one, one around the
1: pass, time? One um... The, the the dragons and dolphins are chasing the young cowboys prospect, uh, Kuli Kafu who we saw in the most recent season past. Good back row prospect, but uh, mm-hmm. there's some. Yeah, that's about it. I think um, the the Panthers are still trying to keep Jerome Luai. Apparently, uh, they've I think they've extended their duration of their offer uh, compared to what they because it was a two year one point seven million dollar deal, wasn't it originally? And I think they might be considering upping the duration of that contract. Uh, so they haven't specified, but more than two years is the uh, the article from the City Morning Herald, um, and that's about it. I think it's uh, it's been a pretty chill news week for Rugby League, not too much drama outside of the Adam Dewey stuff or Dwahi stuff, and even then, like we said, uh, not to downplay it, because you know the, the context is still important in the conversation being held across not just Rugby League, but the world in general, but on a Rugby League drama scale, it's a pretty solid one, so... Yeah, it's been a pretty pretty solid week.
0: Well, fellas, I reckon this is a pretty solid podcast. I'm going to give us an 8 out of 10 hey. for for tonight's efforts. Uh, Clint and John, probably if I'm going to give some personal scores, I might up the two of you to 9s out of 10. Uh, <laughs> my, I'll give myself a 6 or a 7, so that's where we're going to average out to a, an 8 out of 10 for the podcast. <laughs> Thank you for your efforts tonight. Uh, thank you to all of our listeners who tune in regularly and especially those people that have us up there in their top five podcasts for the year. We really appreciate that. And also, of course, to our sponsors, Big Swing Golf North Mead and Star Partners Real Estate, Auburn, Norellin and Parramatta. We thank you for your support as always. And as I always say, go you mighty eels.